Thanks for listening. If you'd like to schedule a one-on-one coaching with Dr. Lodi, please visit drsudliff.com. I am an American board certified OBGYN, a mom, a Muslim, and I'm talking about sex. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sada Flody, and here with me today is my sister, Rafia. And this episode is everything you need to know about puberty in girls. So before I get into it, the very first thing I want to make very clear is that I am not giving any type of medical advice. So if you have any concerns about your health or the health of your little girls or somebody going through puberty, please speak with your medical provider. And if you have any questions about your religion, please ask your friendly neighborhood religious leader. It's the Muslim Sex Podcast because I just happen to be a Muslim woman that talks about sex. So I am going to get right into it. Today is a very exciting topic. And uh, Raf, I know that you and I had talked a little bit about um, our kids getting older, and uh, maybe you can just talk a little bit about your uh, experience, and then we'll talk about the medical aspect of it. So as you know, I have girls, and there's a lot of hormones floating around in the house currently because a few of them have started their period. And what comes along with that is a lot of emotions, a lot of tears from them and me, because Sometimes I can't handle the crying all the time for no reason. No reason. They're just crying. I'm like, I know I've been there, but it's been so long. (laughs) And I feel bad for my husband because um, he's outnumbered and the hormones are probably driving him. I don't know. He just laughs, which is a good thing. And he just shakes his head. And, you know, what can he do? Poor guy. So why don't you tell me what I can expect um, from girls about to hit puberty and uh, going through it right now? Yeah. So, I mean, that, you know, I have, so it's funny because you have three girls and I have three boys. So our experiences are definitely very different. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my next podcast actually will be talking a little bit about puberty in boys but today we're going to focus on um, girls. And you do have a great husband that is willing to <laughs> um, handle and uh, be very patient with uh, the four women in his life. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, just puberty for girls. So, you know, basically there's different stages that girls go through, and um, they are. Uh, named for the people that came up with the stages and um, it's doctors Marshall and doctors Tanner and uh, it's called the Tanner stages but uh, and each different stage has uh, tells you kind of what's going on in the biological and the physiological aspect of um, a girl and also a boys and it also describes um, you know kind of what you'll see. So what a little girl could expect and, you know, as she gets older. So I'm just going to kind of talk us through it a little bit. And, um, and then, you know, you can tell me about um, kind of what your experience has been. 
So puberty, so before puberty, you know, like pre-pubertal, um, kind of this talks a little bit about what the body is getting ready for. And uh, it usually starts around age eight. And what happens is that the brain begins to send some signals um, to the rest of the body and it starts to prepare for the changes that are gonna happen. So in women and uh, also a little bit in men, you know, one of our biggest, um, I would say pathways is from the brain down to a gland, um, actually in our brain as well, called the pituitary gland. And then from there, uh, we get hormones and um, those hormones will act on the gonads. So for women, for girls, it'll be ovaries. For men, um, it'll be their testicles. And, um, and what happens then is that different features start to present in the body that we may see. And so, for example, what happens at the beginning is in the brain, there's a part of the brain called the hypothalamus, which releases a hormone. Um, it's called the gonadotropin-releasing hormone. And that signals the pituitary gland, which is a gland in our brain. And that then releases hormones. And for women, it's, or for girls, it's, uh, there's two really big hormones. They're called follicle stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone. And these two hormones affect the ovaries and they get the body, they get the uterus ready for uh, implantation of a fertilized egg. And if that happens, then you know, the woman, or the girl gets pregnant. And if that doesn't happen, then that tissue that builds up within the uterus will shed. And then that shedding, as we know, uh, happens every month in somebody that has a regular cycle. And if their periods are irregular, then uh, the cycle can be either shorter or longer. And, um, or they can be completely irregular and a person can get a period, say, you know, every few months. So, but also the other things that are really important to note is that um, with puberty, you'll get breast development and then you'll also get the pubic hair development. And um, in the beginning, you know, really what happens with the breast development, what we talked about uh, when the brain starts to prime itself, prime the body for these type of changes, um, in, initially there's no breast development that happens yet at around eight. Eight. And we'll talk a little bit about um, sometimes people have what's called precocious puberty, which is they start to go through puberty early um, because the usual time frame for somebody, for a little girl to go through puberty is typically between the ages of nine and 11. That's when they start. But if it happens earlier, so for example, um, some of the studies have shown that what we refer to as precocious puberty is just the onset of puberty before the age of seven. Now they've divided it into white um, girls and African-Americans, but there's some controversy with that, but I'll just tell you what the books that I've read have said. So they call precocious pu puberty as the onset of puberty before the age of seven for uh, white girls and for before the age of six for in African-American girls. Um, 
And that's why if you notice something like that, that starts to happen where you start to get breast development and hair development in a little girl, then it's very, very important that that parent or that caregiver go and see a physician so that, you know, to make sure that there's not some type of tumor or something that's causing that um, child to go through puberty early on. Okay. Also, there have been studies that have noted that uh, obesity can also trigger uh, a child to start to go through puberty a little bit earlier. Um, so, you know, basically that's what happens in the beginning. So this is what we would talk about was a child around the age of eight. Now we're going to talk about somebody that's a little bit older, I think, um, where some of the girls actually start to go through puberty, which I talked about were, you know, ages nine and 11. And this is where the physical changes will actually start to begin, right? So that uterus will get a little bit larger, you know, the height increases, right? So that's also something that's very important. And uh, I didn't mention is that there is an acceleration in height. And sometimes that's the first thing that we notice is that the girls start to get taller, uh, the boys start to get taller. Um, also, you know, what we notice during this time is that there's breast development. So they're called buds in the beginning. And uh, they start to form under the nipple and they can be a little bit itchy or tender or one may be a little bit bigger than the other. And the area around the nipple starts to also get a little bit darker. Um, you start to notice a little bit of the pubic hair, which may be straight or slightly curly. And then this starts to appear around the labia. And... Um, and then stage three is where you actually get a little bit of a growth spurt, right? So this usually happens around uh, age 12 or a little bit after that. And uh, the first things that you may also notice aside from that growth spurt is that the child starts to develop acne, mm -hmm. right? So on the face, on the back, uh, the skin becomes oilier and uh, the fat starts to accumulate on the hips and the thighs in girls. And they may also start to get body odor, right? So that's something that happens. <laughs> body odor, yes. Please use deodorant, little girls. Please. please. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, and little boys, for sure. Yeah. Um, and at that time, in terms of like the breast, the breast and the areola continue to enlarge. And there's no separation of contour. So basically, you know, the breast just starts to develop. And then they start to get more pubic hair. Mm -hmm. So it can be darker and coarser. And um, now it's spread over their pubes and the hair starts to also form under the armpits. So these are, you know, things. And this is what would they consider like Tanner stage three. So what I've been going through are the different stages. Like mm -hmm. I said, there's five stages of these Tanner stages. And so we talked a little bit about the first one. The second one is when the child is between nine and 11, then they began. And the third one is when they um, start to get the armpit hair and um, acne and things of that nature, and they get the growth spurt. Stage four usually ends, um, sorry, starts around age 13. And uh, again, this is typically when girls will start to get their first period. And um, it can begin between the ages of 12 and 14. But for some, it happens a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. right? Um, and some girls that have perhaps anorexia or some disordered eating actually will start a little bit later. Um, 
And we talked uh, before about this, but, you know, again, what causes a period and basically a period is caused by hormonal changes. And uh, what we talked about before is, you know, the hormones cause the lining to build up. And if there's no pregnancy, that lining will shed. Um, a lot of times, you know, that blood that comes out will seem like it's a lot. And uh, the first three days are typically the heaviest. And then that bleeding tapers off. So for some women and some girls, that period will last like five days. And for others, it may last like 10 days, right? So the lower end of the um, cycle for the menstrual cycle, what we say is about 21 days, right? So from the start of one period, so those are women that have shorter periods, short, shorter period cycles. So the start of one period to the start of the next is 21 days. That's the lower limit. And then there are some women that have longer cycles, like what we call 35 days. So from the start of one period to the start of the next, it could be 35 days. Now, there are, of course, girls and women that uh, may skip months, right? And so that happens um, typically when a woman doesn't ovulate or if a girl is not ovulating. And that happens a lot in young girls, right, during puberty, where they may get a period and then for a couple months, they may not get one and then it happens again. And that happens because that whole... Um, that neural pathway that we talked about from the hypothalamus to the pituitary down to the ovaries and those uh, neurotransmitters or those actually those hormones, right? Mm -hmm. That whole pathway is a little bit immature. So it takes about two to three years before girls start to get regular periods where they'll get like a period every month. So that's also important to know is that if you have a girl that's starting to go through puberty, that her periods may be irregular for the first uh, few years. Good to know. Um, and like we talked about now, you know, in terms of what to use, you know, for a period, there's different um, things that a girl can use. I know that, um, you know, of course, there are pads, which are probably the easiest for somebody to use, especially somebody, a little girl that's just getting her period, uh, pads are probably the easiest thing mm -hmm. for them to use. Um, there are also underwear. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. Have thanks. you seen that? Thanks, underwear. Yeah. 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 So, um, by the way, this podcast is not sponsored by Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, if you, there I is. I'll call you. Go ahead. I guess. Right. Um, but there is underwear that mm -hmm. um, people and girls can use mm -hmm. uh, during their period. And that is probably the most environmental friendly, right? Because it's reusable, you can wash it. Um, and you just have to feel comfortable wearing an underwear that is absorbing that blood. Mm -hmm. um, also, you have those menstrual, uh, menstrual cups that girls can use, but they have to really be comfortable um, putting a cup inside of the vagina mm -hmm. to collect that blood and then take it out. And you have to, of course, rinse it out and um, and then put it back in. So you have to feel really comfortable doing that, putting that in and out, I, taking that in, you know, putting that in and taking it out. Yeah. I think for little girls, the cup might not be the easier way to go because, you know, they're just developing and they're not sure of themselves and trying to put something inside. I think the pad, that's what we do. We just pads are our way, you know. With wings. Yeah. With wings. Yeah. Always. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, you're right, Ralph. And, and, you know, I think it's definitely requires a lot of comfort with mm -hmm. your own body 
and your anatomy, right? Yeah. And um, for little girls, that's probably not um, the easiest thing, mm-hmm. but you know, it's whatever works for people. Yeah. And um, of course, there are tampons, right? Yeah. And again, like you said, you know, the, again, uh, for somebody just starting out that it, are not comfortable with their body, that again, may not be the best option for them, but they can always go to their gynecologist and be shown how to put in a tampon and how to take a tampon out. So that's also important. And tampons are helpful with, you know, playing while playing sports. Uh, that might be helpful. And uh, also swimming. definitely swimming, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's really um, key. But it's, again, it's whatever, you know, the girl feels comfortable with. And, um, you know, if she's understands and understands and knows yeah. her body, then she can definitely use whatever works. Yeah. Um, so um, at this stage, what we talked about, you know, aside from just the period happening is uh, the breast development that happens. And at this point, which is the tanner stage four, is that the breasts take on a fuller shape, passing the bud stage. And this is where the areola and the papillae also elevate above the level of the breasts and they form the mounds. Uh, for further development of the breast tissue. And basically now in terms of like the hair development, the pubic hair development um, distribution is similar to that of an adult, right? But decreased in the quantity. And then the final stage, um, which is that tenor stage five, the periods start to become more regular. So they're, you know, happening um, typically every month. And, um, and like we said, it can take a few years before they actually become regular, but by at this stage, um, they will become regular. And the height uh, at, during Tanner stage five is they re- reach their full adult height. And um, the breast development is now, you know, mature. They'll have what they're going to have as an adult. And the pubic hair is now uh, more spread out a little bit, you know, sometimes um, on the inner thighs as well. And definitely covering, um, you know, their appearance will be that of the inverse triangle, which is classically the feminine type. So, so that's basically it, right? So I think the the big takeaway is that you know if puberty does not develop um, by the age of they say um, like fourteen. Um, if a girl actually here, so I have it right. So delayed puberty, girls who fail to develop any secondary char- sex characteristics by the age of 13 and no period by the age of 15 or have not gotten a period five or more years after the onset of different um, puberty characteristics, right? So say like they're developing breasts, they're developing pubic hair, they're developing armpit hair, but they haven't gotten a period right? In five years since the time that they started developing other features, you should definitely have that checked out by your doctor, right? Mm -hmm. And or if they haven't started to develop any characteristics by the age of 13 and no period by the age of 15, Mm -hmm. then also that should be evaluated and checked out by, you know, their pediatrician or a gynecologist so that um, if there is anything going on with the child that can be picked up early on. Mm -hmm. So I have a question. So if a girl starts her period early, how does that affect her height? Because I've heard, um, I don't know if it's a wife's tale or not, like if the earlier she gets her period, she might not be as tall. Uh, how do, What do you say about that? 
So I'm so glad you asked, Rafia. <laughs> so the final adult height is typically reached between one and two years after a girl gets her first period. So most girls get their peak height by the age of 16, but some actually continue to grow until the age of 20. Okay. So yes, in terms of, you know, reaching their final height, it is true. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and when you were talking about tampons and having on your OB-GYN help you, you can probably find one of your friends who can help your daughters insert them. <laughs> because sometimes a mom just can't do it. You might need to yeah. help you do it, you know? And so, yeah. so that's from personal experience. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, if, you know, if... Um, you're not sure, whatever. It's always it's always great to ask for help, and especially if somebody knows and can teach. I think that that's a great option, right? And if you, um, if the child say doesn't feel comfortable going to a gynecologist yet, yet just yet because they're small, yeah. right? They're young, and they just are not that comfortable. And I think that having confidence in your uh, own body and in yourself takes time. And uh, puberty is probably a rough. Uh, time and in people's lives for most for most people I know it was in mine yeah. <laughs> and um, so if you have somebody that you can ask or talk to regarding uh, placing a tampon I, I think it's very helpful yeah. and um, and it would be great yeah so another thing that we didn't touch on are cramps when the little mm. girls get the cramps you feel helpless because you can't help them in any way you know probably just give them a Tylenol or anything. And so one of the home remedies that we use growing up, mom would always make us warm milk and honey. And mm. I don't know if it was just a warm milk or what, but that always helped. Always, always helped. Yeah. Does that help your girls? They don't like warm milk. They used to cold milk. And so when I try to warm it up, you know, so just have to give him something else, you know, Tylenol, ice pack, heating pad, those really help. Yeah. I think that it's an acquired taste. Yeah. Um, so I think the, <laughs> I know, I mean, I love it. I love it. And often, you know, as you know, warm milk will put you to sleep. And so I think maybe that helped as well as well, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that not everyone likes warm milk and honey. So for sure. Um, so uh, how are you girls doing? They're dealing with it. Um, I think because the older one, because the middle one started early, it was helpful that the first, um, the older one had it so she can ask questions. Like if she didn't want to ask me, she can always whisper to her older sister, what's that? what's going on. And then when I come in the room, they're like, nothing, you know, but it's good that they have like, they can tag team, you know, they can ask each other questions and stuff like that. Obviously I'm there whenever they need me, you know, they're always like, mom, where are the pads? We need pads. I'm like, okay. You know, <laughs> at least we had that open dialogue, you know, growing up. Um, when I told mom, when I started, mom looked at me like, Oh no, <laughs> she didn't say anything. She said, under the sink. I'm like, okay, that's not where I knew where the pads <laughs> were, you know? And so at least yeah. we have we have an open dialogue where we can talk about it a little bit easier and we keep that topic. I mean, 
it's always been talked about in the house. It's very open, which is good. We have that open communication right now. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's, that's so important, right, is to have that open communication. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just thinking. So, Raph, what, what was your first experience when you got your period? What was that like? My- I don't think I knew. I was much younger. Well, I'm not much younger. Yeah, but I was well, you younger. are much older? No. No, younger. Um, no, I, I didn't even know what was happening. I mean, I kind of knew because, you know, older sister – kind of knew what was like what was going to eventually happen and had friends i mean it was a topic of conversation in middle school oh i started you started and i'm just sitting there you know um i started a little bit later and on the first time i had it the pain was intense the cramps the i i remember the first few years the cramps were really really intense you know yeah yeah but they've they've subsided much more since after having kids They've gotten better, um, but initially it was really the cramps that would just have me just curled up in a ball. You know what I'm saying? But um, it was fine growing up. You just have to be careful. Just as a girl, you know, at nighttime, you don't want to leak. And then you have to be always careful. Like at school, you don't want to leak. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a stressful period in middle school, high school, going through that. You know, I mean, high school itself and middle school is terrifying in itself and to leak in school oh my god that will live with you you know forever (laughs) and so just have to be very careful yeah yeah i remember you know having uh you and appa um you know as the two older sisters and so when i got my period i was 13 Mm -hmm. and i was on (laughs) i was on a trip with shanaz and amina and chabnam and we were in tennessee dollywood Dollywood, right yeah dollywood and pigeon forge and um i got my period and i remember telling shanaz i was like oh i got my period and she thought it was just you know like the regular but i was like no this is the first time i was so proud And then right I, and I was definitely I know, right. And then I I called up, I think I called up mom and I was so proud to tell her that I got a period, I got my period, and I needed a pad, and and mom was like, Okay. <laughs> she didn't care. I was so I was so sad that it, it wasn't that important to her, but it wasn't so important to me because you know I had older sisters that were already going through it, and I wanted to be part of the team and part wanted of the club. To be mature, Sadaf. You wanted to be mature. I wanted to be mature. That's right. Yeah. So, but anyways, yeah, I think for you know, I think it's the way that you're raised, and I yeah. think it's so important to make it a positive experience, yeah. right? And it's it's very cultural. Like mom not saying anything, I think that's very cultural. You know, because. Yeah. You know, if mom didn't have any sisters, so, you know, except, so, yeah. only brothers, so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it also has to do with how comfortable you feel about the topic, right? Yeah. And yeah. how open you want to be. And uh, in um, definitely in mom's generation, I'm sure they didn't talk about things like that. You know, those kind of things yeah. were private topics and perhaps even, you know, maybe shameful. Yeah or something like that that you didn't discuss out in public and you really didn't have very many to talk, you know, very many people to discuss it with, right? So that's why we're trying to, you and I, and a lot of people are 
generation are trying to change that narrative so that, you know, girls don't feel ashamed when they get a period, right? And that it's, they are raised in a more uh, positive environment um, so that they can ask those questions yeah. that they may feel a little bit inhibited about asking and um, can find the resources that they need. Yeah. So, so we yeah, actually celebrated, you know, quote unquote celebrated when the girls got their period. And one of our friends, super sweet, she made a basket for my older one. Um, she put like pads, liners, um, medicine in there for her. She made a huge basket and it was really sweet for her. So it's, again, we're not trying to like make it as something that they should not talk about. It should be like celebrated and um, different cultures celebrate it differently, you know? And so I just want to be open with my girls about it. Like there's something that you can talk to me about, come with me, come to me at any time, you know, we can discuss these things. And so, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, all right. Well, I think we are done here and it's been real and really intimate. And remember, this is not meant to be any type of medical advice. So if you have any questions or concerns about your child and puberty, please see and speak with your healthcare provider for any concerns. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to schedule a one-on-one -on -one coaching with Dr. Lodi, please visit drsadaf.com. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Thank you.